0: This episode is supported by Vegamore. I'm a month and a half into my Vegamore journey. I don't know if you've ever had a garden and planted seeds, but when that first little growth breaks ground, it's exciting. And on my very head, I can see some new growth in the areas that I've noticed hair thinning before. And it's exciting to see those little babies coming in. I use the shampoo, conditioner, and the grow serum, which have a lovely, mellow, warm citrus smell. I've been consistently using this and it makes my hair feel soft and full. And it's really important to me that I use safe and conscious products whenever I can. And Begamore is 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. Elevate your hair wellness routine this year with Vegamore. For a limited time, get 20% off your first subscription order by going to vegamore.com slash mind and use code mind at checkout. That's dot com slash mind, code mind, to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash mind, code mind. Welcome to Mom and Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health from conception to pregnancy and postpartum, real stories from moms and family members who have made it from struggling to wellness, and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. We discuss very real struggles that can sometimes be hard to hear, but these are stories that need to be told so that moms and families can know that healing is possible. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional. Thank you for being with us today. Welcome back to Mom in Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. I'm super excited to share the second interview in our series with Parijat Deshpande. And today we are discussing bed rest and what that is, how it impacts mental health, and how to cope, and some other really good information that I think everyone should know about. Parijat is the leading perinatal wellness expert who specializes in working with women during a high-risk pregnancy. She educates and guides women on how to manage their stress and anxiety so they can have healthier pregnancies, decrease the risk of preterm birth, and give their baby a really healthy start to life. Thanks so much for coming back to be with us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here again. Yeah, and I want to remind all the listeners that we've already done one episode together on high-risk pregnancy, and I'd like to refer you guys to listen back to that episode, to hear all of the stuff that happens and can happen during high-risk pregnancy and the things that moms and providers can be aware of if going into that type of a situation. And part of our discussion there, a little piece of it was that bed rest happens during a high-risk pregnancy. And it seems like a really important topic to get a little deeper into and understand what that is and what it looks like. So maybe we can just start there if we can, uh, with some basics, like what is bed rest? Are there different kinds? What does it look like? Yeah, sure. So there are four
1: different types of bed rest typically. And bed rest really just means activity restriction or limitation. And, and it goes across a continuum and there's typically four different types. So the first is what I call take it easy bed rest, which is doctor doctors told you to Maybe sit with your feet up or to lie down for a couple hours at the end of the day, or for every so many hours that you're up on your feet, they want you to rest for an hour. So, this is a really low key, basic type of bed rest. It's kind of, but let's just take things easy Mm -hmm. for a little while. Some doctors might ask you to shorten your workday in the third trimester or just generally restrict your activities towards the end of your pregnancy, like standing too long or maybe even working or anything like that. Okay. The second type is called modified bed rest or you might hear it called couch potato rest. <laughs> you really just want to be a couch potato. So you you're really just taking it easy, but it's one level up. So you typically don't work on this type of bed rest, or if you have a job where you can do it purely on your computer that you can just relax and recline at home and do it, then you might be allowed to work. You're really usually not driving or doing any kind of household chores. You can you know, play around on your computer. You can watch movies. You can have people over. A lot of moms are allowed to get up and make themselves a quick lunch or take a really quick shower, but you're really not allowed to do exercise, you know, walking on stairs or going on long walks. You might be able to sneak away once a week or so for a couple of hours, maybe for movie night or dinner out or something. Some moms are allowed to do that. So that's the modified or couch potato rest. Okay. The third is strict bad rest. And that's when your doctor is basically telling you to lie down or be reclined most of the day, most days, except for some really quick bathroom breaks. You might be allowed to take a really quick shower, but you're really not allowed to go up and down the stairs. So Strict bed rest often have to find a new place to sleep. Sometimes they just make their sofa, their new bed or mm-hmm. guest bedroom downstairs or something. So you're not going up and down throughout the day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the fourth is the most strict type of bed rest, which is hospital bed rest. And that's usually if you need constant monitoring or IV meds for any reason. Depending on the reason for being on hospital bed rest, you might be able to stand up and take a shower or use the restroom or maybe even go outside and get some fresh air if somebody wheels you out or something. But for some women, even that's not allowed. Some women might be placed on what's called Trendelenburg, which in that position, which is basically having your feet about 15 to 30 degrees above your head. And that's to help gravity keep the baby in. And so some women are allowed to go to the bathroom. Some women are needing to use a bedpan or they've got a catheter in or something like that.
0: Wow. So it could be relatively mild and then all going all the way to very, very strict, really not being able to hardly move. Exactly. Or stand. Okay. That's quite a range.
1: It is. And I actually went through this entire range from Um, end to end. So you know, I definitely feel for each of the moms on different levels of it. Each level has its own difficulties and its own normalcy to get used to, and challenges and struggles, which can be hard.
0: Okay, wow. So that kind of opens in my mind is opening up a whole new world of like what is going on for mental health, and you know how to keep moms okay during that time, but. Before we get to that point, a little bit more into the mental health aspects, is what kinds of things, if you can give a, like an overview, what kinds of things would lead to some of these different levels of bed rest? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's a lot of different factors
1: that can make your doctor say suggest bed rest to you. Now, I, I will put a little caveat here that there's research that came out, I believe, in 2015 that said that bed rest is no longer helpful and that it's not actually going to prevent anything anyway and so a lot of doctors started prescribing that type of mentality and so not everybody is prescribing bed rest anymore yeah. so if if it, a caveat said, if you feel like bed rest is going to be helpful for you, it's important to get a second opinion if your doctor is saying, no, it's not going to matter. So I, I'll put that out there. I, I know we're talking about kind of the yeah. admission piece a little bit later so we can get into that there. But I just wanted to mention it here that if your doctor is saying no bed rest, it's probably because there's recent research that's coming out saying, well, it's not maybe not that helpful. A majority of the doctors still do rely on bed rest. They still do prescribe it to patients. And there's a lot of different reasons why that can happen. Things like high blood pressure or signs of Mm preeclampsia, having shortening of your cervix or any kind of cervical effacement early on, bleeding during your pregnancy is often a a common reason why women end up on bed rest, preterm labor, if you're carrying multiples, if you have a history of preterm birth or pregnancy loss or stillbirth, a lot of doctors will act early and say, Hey, let's get you off your feet early to prevent mm-hmm. that or lower your risk of that happening again. Or you have placental complications, or if your baby isn't developing as well as that you'd hoped and that you want him or her to be, the bed rest is sometimes uh, prescribed at that point too. Okay.
0: Again, quite a range. How many moms are we talking about here who are having bed rest?
1: We are talking about 20% of women every year who are pregnant end up on bed rest. And that number comes out to something around 42 million.
0: No. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That's a lot. It's a huge number. And that's not necessarily hospital bed rest, all of those folks. Right. Mm -hmm. Any of the four different types. Well, why am I just finding out about this? (laughs) It's a huge number, you know, from a psychological perspective. In my mind, I go straight to like, okay, that's an increased level of stress almost automatically. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And so therefore those moms, and we talked about this a little bit in the high-risk pregnancy episode, this type of stress impacts mom and impacts baby, you know, depending on how high the stress is and if it's like a severe anxiety or depression. So, right. what do you see as the common impacts to mental health during bed rest?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, we'll start with just exactly what you said stress and anxiety are through the roof, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you're on bed rest, it's not because you're, you know, taking it easy, you're not having a vacation here, you're worried about your baby, you're on bed rest because something isn't going right during your pregnancy, and mm-hmm. that. That can bring up a lot of worries for a lot of moms. And we talked about this in the other podcast too, but there's so much uncertainty during a high risk pregnancy. You don't know which way things are going to go. Things could change at any moment and your doctor can't predict it for you either, which is really frustrating and really scary. Yeah. And so that stress level is already high to begin with just for that alone. Then you add women who have to stop working to be on bed rest. So then there's stress about finances mm-hmm. and how to manage, you know, your household income. Then if you have other children at home, then how do we take care of the other kids? You know, there's that. There's also when you're on bed rest, no matter what type of bed rest you're on, you're really focused on just your pregnancy and your baby. There isn't a whole lot else going on, especially during the day if you're home alone. Uh And so the anxiety can feed on itself when you start reading into your symptoms and your body and what's going on and the pains and the pulls and the aches and all of that going, what is that? What is that? And then you might turn to Google and
0: that just isn't great for anxiety ever. And
1: so it just kind of feeds on
0: itself. This episode is supported by Factor. Eating better is better with ready-to-eat factor meals. And ready-to-eat means pop it in the microwave for two minutes and done. I mix in a few of these meals into my rotation for the days that we're on the run or that I don't want to make anything. I chose the high-protein and calorie-smart options, one of which is the mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice with garlic roasted green beans. This is restaurant quality and so tasty. I can adjust how many meals I get in my order as much or as little as I need every week. Plus, I can pause or reschedule my deliveries anytime, which comes in really handy for our busy schedule. Head to factormeals.com slash momandmind50 and use code momandmind50 to get 50% off. That's code momandmind50 at factormeals.com slash momandmind50 to get 50% off. Support for today's episode comes from OneSkin, and for a limited time, my listeners get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code MIND when you check out at oneskin.co. Well, I've kept up my mini resolution of taking better care of my skin after consistently using OneSkin for several weeks and all is going well. I can't see what's going on at a cellular level, but I can tell you that my skin feels soft and healthy. But they did do some cool research that looked at before and after exposure of the OS1 peptide to skin cells, and the OneSkin scientists found that the peptide reverses skin's biological age. And you can even see that study by Zonari A. et al. in the NPJ Aging Journal. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code mind at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code mind. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you new year, healthier skin. That's Oneskin.
1: On top of that, you have women who are on bed rest of any kind. They're isolated. So you may be able to work from home, but you're not going to the office anymore. You're not seeing your coworkers or you might not be working at all anymore. And so you've been cut off from what could be a really big part of your life. You might not be able to engage with your other children the way that you wanted to, or you might not even be seeing them if you're on hospital bed rest and your hospital's far enough away that, you know, kids may not be coming every single day. Right. And so that isolation really feeds into low mood and depression. And you add on to the fact that, you know, women on bed rest aren't really moving. They're not exercising. There's hardly any exposure to sunshine. And then, you know, guilt and helplessness. I mean, you add all of these things together. <sighs> it's, I mean, it's a lot for one woman to have to carry on her own.
0: Yeah. Okay. Before I start to get like, Too overwhelmed by this. I'm not even on bed rest. I can't even (laughs) imagine, you know, that's a lot. That is a lot to consider. There's a lot of life changes, a lot of potential stressors. Potential, you know, it's not that like every mom is feeling all of these things. Yeah. But it's really quite a lot to consider. And I don't really know how much help there is available for these moms aside from the work that you do. Maybe a couple here and there.
1: Right. Absolutely. And this is, you know, bed rest was really when I was inspired to start this work because I remember going through it thinking, I cannot believe there's no support for somebody like me whose entire life has stopped. And I don't know. I mean, and I'm a, I was, a, you know, a practicing therapist at the time going, right. I still need support and there's nobody there.
0: So side note then, in terms of the work that you do, you're able to meet with moms online, and kind of meet them where they are, then
1: that's right. that's exactly why I set it up the way that I did is because I don't want them to have one more place to have to go to. Yeah. And so even if my neighbor was on bed rest, I wouldn't ask her to come meet me somewhere because right. I'd rather have her be comfortable at home where she is has her own you know world set up, mm-hmm. and I meet her exactly where she is, and I do all of my sessions
0: virtually that way. so good. So, so good. So essentially, I mean, this is what I'm thinking. Most of us who do this type of work or who are working with moms on some capacity should consider implementing some online stuff.
1: Yeah. I think it's so
0: important and it's so helpful. Right. Okay. So how do moms cope with all of this? What what kinds of things have you found that's helpful that they can consider doing? Well, the first thing that I tell all moms who
1: land on bed rest is the first two weeks are going to be the hardest. So expect them to be some of the most difficult two weeks of your life because it's a really big adjustment. And now hopefully you'll only be on bed rest for two weeks and then everything goes back to being great and that would be wonderful. But if that's not the case and you're looking toward a long stint on bed rest, you know, be patient with yourself. Mm -hmm. Give yourself time to adjust because this is so new. This is so different than what you're used to. It's not going to click and be easy right away. Then the other thing that once you do that, the other thing I like to tell moms is you are not as helpless as you feel. There's Uh. so much that you can still do to protect your baby. And that you should be doing to protect your baby. Things okay. like managing your stress and being really honest with yourself about how lonely you are and reaching out for support are so, so important. And I'll say here that for a lot of moms on bed rest, you start out great reaching out for support. You know, a lot of moms understand that. Social support is important. Having people around is important. And a lot of loved ones are really good about visiting. And then, especially if you're on bed rest for a long time, that does taper off from both ends. Mm -hmm. And so if you notice that you are falling into that bubble and you're not reaching out as much, make it an effort every single day to at least text a loved one to call them, set up a FaceTime date or invite them over for a girl's night if you can, but make it a part of your everyday routine to keep reaching out. And I know that for a lot of moms, that circle becomes really small because a lot of people, you know, say things inadvertently that aren't very helpful or know that they don't understand and that's okay. And that's a whole other piece that we can deal with, but then find those two or three people that are right there with you, who are going to be there with you the whole time, and then Mm -hmm. stay in touch with them and create that trusted, safe circle for yourself because you need that your baby needs that. And then kind of related to that is set up a daily schedule. So Mm -hmm. act like you're still going to work every day. You you Mm -hmm. wake up at the same time, you eat breakfast at the same time, you know, all your meals, you take a nap at the same time. When do you call people? When are you going to watch a movie? Whatever it is that you're doing, Mm -hmm. have that schedule because that predictability can really be helpful in keeping you on track and keeping you kind of focused on the day instead of feeling like you're just floating in this ocean and nothing matters and day and night kind of get blurred together. Cause why does it matter? Cause I'm just sitting at home all day in my PJs. Right. Oh, yeah. So, so that's really important. Another thing I really like to tell moms and I personally can vouch for this cause I did, everything I teach my moms, I personally tried myself, but this one especially really hit home, which is to do something with your hands. Mm. So I am the most uncoordinated person when it's (laughs) that type of stuff, but I taught myself to crochet um, and I made a blanket that's actually in the shape of a trapezoid because I couldn't get it. (laughs) That's the way we brought our son home. because I That's awesome. But doing that, you know, There are only so many movies you can watch and only so many books you can read. And at Mm -hmm. some point, you're just pulling your hair out going, what else can I do? There's a sense of pride and there's a sense of accomplishment that comes with seeing something physical that you have done or you have made. Right. That you spend your time on. So whether that's crocheting or knitting or coloring or sculpting or whatever that is for you, find something that's going to keep your hands busy. You'll see it'll really boost
0: up your mood quite a bit. This is fantastic. I mean, these are really, really great coping skills, I think, for everybody, but specifically for moms on bedrest. I and mean, it's so tailored to really understanding that while they are limited in mobility, there's still a world open to them and that they don't necessarily have to succumb to that feeling of helplessness. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, along the lines of that, what are the factors that keep moms mentally well during this time? That is such a good question. I'm so glad you
1: asked that because I think that is such an important piece toward maintaining your overall wellness and strong mental health and physical health during a complicated pregnancy. I like to tell moms and remind them that bed rest is a marathon, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not a sprint. And Uh so you can't be in your 16th week, your 20th week, even your 28th or 30th week looking at week 40 because it's so far away. It's just going to overwhelm you. Uh What you want to do is stay really present and you want to do everything that you can to get to the next day. And we're just doing one day at a time, Mm -hmm. one day at a time, one day at a time. And so if say you, were running a marathon what would you be telling yourself while you're at you know mile 9 and then mile 15 and it's still so far away what what kind of things are you saying to yourself mm-hmm. think I can do this I'm doing this for my baby you're doing great lots of positive affirmations whatever that sounds like to you all of those things reminding yourself at what you're doing well not focusing on how your body is failing you and I get that I totally understand that sentiment. Mm.
0: Reminding
1: yourself of all the things that you're doing every single day to protect your baby. And I promise you, there are tons of them that you're doing that you're just forgetting to recognize. Yeah, Reminding yourself of that is really important and giving yourself the energy to go on one more day, one more day, one more day.
0: Oh, that's good stuff. That's great. All right, I can imagine if you're already in that kind of hopeless feeling that feeling like your body is also failing you. Oh man. Wow. So I really like that refocus on what you are doing well. And at that point, right, you're fighting every day to keep yourself and your baby healthy. And that's amazing. Exactly. So if a mom is on maybe like the more restricted bed rest, even let's say in the hospital, how can they be advocating for themselves with their providers or with their families or whoever they need, you know, Absolutely. This episode is supported by Ritual. I am by nature and nurture a bit skeptical. I have to see for myself if something works or if it's helpful before I just believe it whole cloth. And I'm open to trying things out to see for myself. And that includes finding strategies for my wellness. I have historically low vitamin D, so it's important for me to take Ritual's Essential 18 because it has D3 in it, and their clinically-backed Essential for Women 18-plus multivitamin has several other high-quality, traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. What I love and have always loved about Ritual is that it's a female-founded company, and it's a B Corp, which means they're holding themselves accountable And not just long-term, but also to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash momandmind. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash momandmind for 25% off. This episode is supported by Hungry Root. I am a creature of habit when it comes to food, like I buy the same stuff in the store and generally make the same stuff over and over. Not really that fun. So in order to shake things up, I use Hungry Root. I can pick a whole meal and they send me what I need to make it, but I will also just let them choose so I don't get into my rut and it paid off. I got the chicken shawarma non-flatbread. These are flavors that I wouldn't have thought to put together on my own, and they totally work. It was so yummy and so easy to make. And bonus, I also received for free organic roasted chicken breasts that I threw into a salad for another meal. Hungry Root is my partner in healthy and yummy living. Right now, Hungry Root is offering mom and Mind listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash cat to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash cat. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. So there's
1: one thing that I really like to hit home with my moms, which is to learn your body signals. Your body is Always communicating with you and it's always telling you what it needs. So if you've got a family member that just won't leave and you don't know how to tell them no and you feel bad and then you have them stay and then you have contractions later and you realize, oh gosh, I overdid it, right? That happens a lot to my mom. Or you're sitting on bed rest and you're feeling something and you don't know what it is, but you don't know if you should call your doctor. You've already called 16 times. Should you still do it? And then moms turn to Facebook or they call their friends going, should I call my doctor? Mm. That all goes away when you listen to your body. So you just get quiet, calm that anxiety and get really in tune with what your body is telling you. You don't have to know what it means. That's your doctor's job to interpret it. But if you listen to what your body is saying, then you're going to know exactly what you need to do, which is, hey, I've had visitors three times this week. I can't take more. So I'm going to say no to my family members who really desperately wanted to come visit this weekend, for example. Or I'm going to know exactly when to call the doctor because something does not feel right and I know I'm right about it. And that confidence is going to help you continue to advocate for your baby by asking questions, getting answers, and getting all of your questions answered in a way where you feel confident about the medical care that you are receiving. And then on top of all of that, the other thing I really strongly hit home for moms: it is your responsibility to get a second, third or fourth or fifth or whatever opinion. Mm-hmm. If something doesn't feel right about what your doctor is saying, talk to somebody else. It is absolutely your right. And that is how you can best advocate for your baby.
0: So good. I mean, this is gold right here, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know about how the listeners are feeling, but <laughs> this is good stuff. This is amazing information. And I mean, I can just hear when you talk about it. I know you've been through your own personal experience with this stuff, but I can hear how passionate you are about helping moms and making sure that they get through this and that they feel well and that they feel empowered and that they know they'll be okay. And it's great. The work that you're doing. Oh, it's awesome. I'm sort of like fangirling over here about it. <laughs> it's amazing, but it is because I, you know, even within the maternal mental health specialty, this is highly, highly specialized work yeah. that you're doing, but the population that needs this is huge. Yeah. It's really, really, really big. Okay. So I will calm myself down and we'll get to (laughs) (laughs) that. So just a couple of other things. I mean, you've mentioned a lot about coping and healing and things that moms can do to advocate for themselves. And that's all super powerful stuff. And since no one's really talking that much about bed rest, this is going to be a silly question. What should we really know about bed rest? Everyone's talking about what's that stuff that like moms really need to understand?
1: What moms really need to understand is that this is a long term process. It's not forever. You know, your bed rest will end. They will take you off bed rest at some point. Your baby will be born, hopefully, at 40 weeks, but there is an end point. So you right. want to take it slowly. You want to pace yourself during bed rest because the best case scenario is after your bed rest is over, you're going to have a newborn to take care of. And that is exhausting in its own way. Right. And bed rest actually does impact you for months even after your baby is born. Physically, it can take months to recover because you have lost quite a bit of muscle mass, possibly you your strength has gone down and it takes time to rebuild that. So it wouldn't be surprising if you needed physical therapy afterwards to regain that strength and rebuild that muscle mass and that bone strength again. Mm -hmm. So good nutrition, slowly building up to your exercise level is key. And again, listening to your body and going slow postpartum is really important to getting back to your healthy self. And the other piece is that emotionally it can take many months to recover. Mm -hmm. And you'll have things like triggers and reminders and just kind of the possible depression or low mood that you had during pregnancy could carry over afterwards, which is why it's so important that you take care of yourself. During pregnancy, do all these things to help yourself cope as best as possible on bed rest so that you have less to take care of after the baby's born, other than just so you can focus on, you know, there's a little miracle that you've grown and that you fought mm-hmm. for who is now
0: home with you. That's so a key. Being off of bed rest isn't the end of the impacts of bed rest. That's- super important. And I really love that perspective because, you know, we, I think even in like medical community, mental health, whatever, we sort of segment stuff like pregnancy is pregnancy and then postpartum is postpartum. But really this is one spectrum of experience. And I really love that perspective that this is for after the birth also, or whatever it is that you're going to have to be dealing with down the line. It's really important information. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. We covered a lot of ground here on bed rest, and I'm really thankful for this kind of deep dive, deep look into what bed rest is and how it can impact the mental health of moms and really so much good information on how to help cope. I mean, I hope the messages that are coming across is that if this is happening for you, there is a way through. It doesn't, you don't have to feel hopeless and helpless. And also that if you know you need additional support, you can find it. All right, Parijat. So I would like to have you back for another episode. Next time we can talk about how to talk to providers and understanding those kind of interactions that moms who are having high-risk pregnancy or bed rest can be advocating for themselves specifically with their providers. Fantastic. Yeah, I look forward to it. Awesome. So for you guys who are listening again, please check out the episode before on high-risk pregnancy. And you can find Parijat on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I'll have these notes for you guys available in the show notes for the podcast. So you can find all of her links there. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. By joining us today and listening, you're a part of the growing community of people who are aware and concerned for mothers and families during this beautiful and sometimes very difficult time of life. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this free podcast so that Mom and Mind can be found by moms, families, and providers who will benefit from hearing our talks. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. Please look for resources for help at momandmind.com, where you will also find links and information from today's episode. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Mom and Mind community.